It is World Water Day. Our next guest on the country knows a thing or two about water, especially water quality. His name is Bryce McKenzie. And if you're wondering where you've heard that name before, yes, it is the same Bryce McKenzie who's the co-founder of Groundswell. We'll come back to that and climate change in a minute. But Bryce, you were also one of the founders of the Pomahaka Water Care Group or five or six or seven years ago down in West Otago. You guys are the blueprint of how we get water quality right on farms. Am I right? Yes, you probably are right, Jamie. Yeah, it's a real success story, and uh, that's only come about by farmers taking uh, things into their own hands and deciding that they wanted to do something about it themselves. Uh, uh, we found that a little, a lot of people doing a little bit had massive success in the quality of the water, and it's still trending better and better year on year, Jamie. Did everyone in the catchment buy into it? No, they didn't. Well, they didn't officially. Uh, a membership is just over uh, half the whole catchment that bought in, so, and they pay a subscription. Um, other ones, I think, um, because of peer pressure, probably become conscious that they didn't want to be seen to be uh, the standout for doing things wrong. So I think they've bought in without officially paying a subscription, Jamie. You've had a lot of support also from the government, to be fair, on this one when it comes to your riparian plantings. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah, we're, we're very grateful for that, Jamie, they, that we have had a lot of funds from government to do that. And part of the reason why we got those funds was we'd achieved so much and that we had the systems in place to be able to do plantings and be able to... Uh, uh, get people to administer what we were doing. Have you quantified the improvement in water quality? I know you're measuring all the time. You must have a yardstick. Yes, we have, uh, and we do. And, yes, the, there's constant constant improvement. I think the thing we've found now is we've, we've split up, Jamie. We're no longer just the Pomahaka Water Care Group. Every tributary's got its own committee, and that's bringing real advantages because you're actually dealing with people in their own little tributary and you can get hot spots quite easily by just tracing up the river if there's a problem. And because people know that it's not going to be uh, a regulatory body that's coming in to discipline them, they're quite keen to actually uh, uh, find out where the problem is and to do something about it. So it is still really exciting stuff and we're finding out more and more as we go along. Bryce, when you and I were younger blokes, I used to swim in the Pomahaki. You've got a great swimming hole there, or several of them. And since then, there's been intensive or intensification when it comes to dairy farming. Is it still swimmable? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, no, most people around the district would swim in it every year. There's certainly not a problem swimming in it, Jamie. And, and I know I'm a clean fly fisherman, and I mean, it's easier to spot fish in it now than when I was a kid. So it's certainly the... Uh, uh, turbidity of the water is better, uh, but we all know that that doesn't ne- necessarily mean that it's uh, cleaner water for all that. Okay, let's go on from water quality uh, to what Groundswell are up to. You're urging the government to work with farmers to cl- to fight climate change, and this is as a result of the intergovernmental panel on climate change, which basically said we're sort of doomed. Yeah, it does. Uh, but still, it's interesting to note that, you know, Simon Upton, and he's the parliamentary commissioner commissioner for the environment. And in his report, he states that, you know, reducing livestock methane emissions could have real economical and social impacts on people and their way of life. So, this, you know, 
this whole thing almost needs to go back to square one and start again because we've actually got out in the limb, uh, New Zealanders, and 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 we've lost the plot in some respect. It, it's not just as simple as it should be, Jamie, and we need to actually go back to the start and start again. And, I mean, part of it is that we still talk about agriculture being 48% of New Zealand's emissions, but that's using a metric that was used years ago, the GWP 100, and we all know with GWP star that it's totally different. It, it, you know, somewhere between 10 and 14 percent. And we have to keep correcting that narrative that this is the wrong metrics that are being used and they need change. We need to get up to date with the science, Jamie. Well, why doesn't the whole world move to the GWP star metric? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, I guess it doesn't suit the narrative, Jamie. So this is more about politics than the environment. <laughs> you said it, Jamie, but well, yes, you've, got, you've got to actually think that's exactly what it is. This is politics. This has nothing to do with what's happening to the environment. And you know as well as I do, Jamie, that look, it's, what it means for us in the present metrics is we've got a shared stock. Simple as that. And it's happening all around our hill country now that we're shedding stocks. So our most efficient food producers in the world are actually getting rid of their food production so that somebody less efficient than us can pick it up, which is worse for global climate change. And nobody's really pushing this. Well, I am, Bryce, because I've done some homework on that. There are no more bovines running around the world today as there was in 1990, the year we put a peg in the sand to try and stop uh, climate change. In fact, there's probably less bovines running around now than there was in the olden days when the buffaloes roamed freely around the plains of the world. The problem, in my mind, is not ruminant livestock emissions, it's man burning fossil fuels. And we saw the example, didn't we, during COVID lockdown. All of a sudden, uh, our emissions dropped out of the sky, quite literally. There is a simple solution in place, burn less fossil fuels. Exactly right, Jamie. That is so true. And I tell you what, there are some wonderful innovations coming in for the farming sector, particularly dairy, that will help the, that very thing. It'll, it'll cut down our burning of fossil fuels. And I mean, I could go in and talk about Halter, which a lot of people will know about anyway, and the efficiencies it'll bring on dairy farms. But, you know, when we had the Climate Change Commission in home, I was showing them, you know, what was going on, and I started talking about Halter. Well, my goodness, their ears pricked up straight away because they could see how that could be a massive saving on dairy farms. I'm not getting paid either to push halter, Jamie. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one, Bryce, but that is a good product. Look, got to go. So you and I have solved uh, climate change in the space of five or six minutes. Good to hear also, when you get back down to your farm in West Otago, the drought is officially over, so you'll be looking forward to a real good flush heading into autumn. Yeah, that would be just great, Jamie. Yeah, looking forward to that. We thank you for your time, Bryce McKenzie.